How dare you? How good, sir? How dare you? And welcome back to another episode of Exposing Ourselves. I'm Travis Ritchie, and this is episode 46. This is the show where we expose each other to new things. Matt, a big music fan, will assign me one of his favorite music artists to listen to each week, and I, a movie buff, will give him one of my favorite films, and we come together on this podcast to discuss it all. And with me, as always, is my good friend... Matt Runquist. Hey, Travis. This week, I watched the movie Thank You for Smoking, and you listened to the band the yeah yeah yes uh, we sure did this is episode 46 which does have a little um i don't know special meaning oh really yeah what meaning is, is that isn't it isn't it both of our ages oh god uh yeah. do we want to admit that yeah no 46 wow that's so old <laughs> <laughs> it's not matt there are old there are older ages to be did you no. know that really yeah i had no idea um <laughs> It's also my dog's birthday today. No. Yes. Well, happy my birthday. Rosa. Yeah, my Rosa. oldest dog is 10 years old today. Oh, my goodness. That's so cute. Uh, are you? Do you celebrate birthday, puppy birthdays? Absolutely, we do. Yeah. What do we you do? Celebrate pup- well, we get them a steak. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. What well, kind the, of steak? A cheap uh, steak? Usually, yeah, usually like a chuck steak or whatever. Oh, okay. That's but nice. We, sp- we split it up amongst them. Yeah. That's interesting. I think I with with Dot I used to do wet dog food, like a like a mm, can of wet dog food wet was dog her big treat. Yeah. Um, yeah. Greyhounds when they're at the track eat raw meat all the time, so they have they iron. They do? Yeah, they have iron guts. I didn't know yeah. that. The the basis of their diet at the track is is raw meat. Yeah. Wow. All right. Uh, interesting. Well, um how was your week, my friend? Uh well short for one thing we're taping this only four days after uh, after <laughs> yes. taping our last episode and, and I've been working a lot so there's not a whole lot to report from my standpoint uh, the dog true. is healing well from his uh, injury last week so that's yeah, good his, the broken his, ear the broken ear his affect is up he's he's uh, it's getting a little itchy now so that's no fun for him because he's Aww. he's definitely like shaking his head and trying to trying to get yeah. the itchies out. Uh, and and um, uh, what are those things called? Stitches. The stitches don't come out for another eight days, I think. So he's he's got a long road ahead of itches him. Itches get stitches. Itches get stitches. Or yep. stitches get itches, I guess. That's <laughs> is, that's is probably a little more accurate. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, we've got Thanksgiving coming up. Uh, you guys will be hearing this episode after Thanksgiving. But my daughter and her uh, fianced are coming uh for for thanksgiving affianced yeah yeah well it's a long story but uh but it's all public knowledge now so okay uh, do you you like do you like this boy or is he a boy he's a good dude yeah oh good good well that's that's what's important yeah for sure for sure nice well uh, same same for me i mean it's been a lot of work uh i did uh, this is interesting. At work, I got to see the Goo Goo Dolls play a song from their Christmas album from about 10 feet away. Wow, uh, that's incredible. I thought you might appreciate that. So, I uh, do yeah, appreciate and that. the song is pretty good. I would be willing to explore the Goo Goo Dolls. Of course, I'm familiar with a couple of their big songs, uh, but uh, I don't know that I'm really familiar with their 
Uber. Uh, yeah, I mean the the truth is, Travis, that I only know their big songs as well. Um, oh. my wife might be able to put together a playlist for you. She's a, well, a little bit of a Goo Goo Dolls fan. Maybe but, that'd uh, be a good special episode. Uh, a very special episode. Band. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the other than that, the big news on my end is that Hollywood is going crazy arguing over the merits and uh, demerits of this new actor contract that is uh, we that is a tentative agreement but still has to be ratified by the membership uh, mm-hmm. i got my i got my uh, postcard with my little pin code to vote uh, mm-hmm. in the mail and I am, uh, it's interesting. There's a lot to be said. And obviously a negotiation, you know, didn't get everything we wanted, but it got a lot we wanted. And I think it ultimately it's a, it's a better improvement than we've gotten in the past. Mm -hmm. But it's weird. I think I'm, I think I'm finally settling down on the side of we voted these people to negotiate our contract for us and Mm -hmm. they did what they thought was the best they could. And so, um... Uh, I think the 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 best option is to vote new people if you don't like yeah. the contract. Yeah, I think, you know, negotiations are always tough because obviously you want all of the things that you want. And people that aren't in the room can occasionally have an unrealistic idea of what is possible. And negotiation is about, not, you know, some people say it's about making everyone unhappy. And that's not true. But it is about getting to what's possible you know Mm -hmm. and sometimes that's not what we would like and sometimes it is so uh it was a long long strike and i think everybody is is happy that it's over and it Um, affected so many people and i think that there was a ton of pressure being felt uh and i think the pressure was not necessarily from the uh studios because it's easy to resist I mean, it's fairly easy to resist evil if you're if you if you think yourself good, right? Right. But but the other pressure was seeing the suffering of other good people, mm-hmm. and I think that that was uh, that was pretty hard. But you know, I don't know. I'm I'm eager to get back to work, hopefully, mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, and you know, hopefully start auditioning again, which will be nice. I was I was getting a little momentum there for a little bit, yeah. so uh, I would like to hopefully take advantage of that. Uh, for sure. But let's move to the meat of the episode uh, oh let's get into it yeah yeah Uh, do you want to shake things up and do um, i would love to shake things up and do the movie first sure movie it is let's all right great well uh tell me about thank you for smoking uh, thanks i will uh so thank you for smoking is a 2005 um satirical movie it was written and directed by jason reitman who is the son of ivan reitman who is uh i guess by default one of my favorite directors because he directed my favorite film ghostbusters and so jason followed in his dad's footsteps and uh and is a fairly i think he actually directed the newest ghostbusters too so he's he's really doing pretty well for himself and um this movie is based on a uh, a nineteen ninety four book by the same name and stars aaron eckhart as the uh he's kind of a uh a big tobacco spokesman who uses research quote unquote from uh from an institution that he is vice president of called the Academy of Tobacco Studies, and basically he is trying to lobby, um, uh, you know, movies and stuff for product placement and stuff like that. So um, that's basically the gist of the movie, and it's it's really interesting. I, I, it's, 
I don't know if it's a movie I thought I would like before I saw it, um, but I really ended up liking it. I, I love the I love the the satire of it in a great way. It's a lot like uh, The Big Short um, was a, a satire of uh, of of banking. This does the same thing for the tobacco industry and the movie industry kind of all at once. And uh, I, I thought good performances from Aaron Eckhart and the supporting cast is great. You've got everything, uh, Maria Bello and Adam Brody, Sam Elliott, who is always a delight. Um, Katie Holmes, who was fine. Rob Lowe, who I really, you know, if directed well, Rob Lowe is wonderful. And uh, William H. Macy, J.K. Simmons, all sorts of great people in this cast to uh, to, you know, give it some... Give it some, I don't know, weight. So uh, I think that's all I need to say about it to set it up. What did you think of it? Well, first, before I talk about the movie, I how dare you talk smack about Katie Holmes? Really? I love, yes, I love Katie Holmes. All how right. How dare you? How Good sir, how dare you? <laughs> you know, it's funny because I have not assigned you uh, Batman Begins, which is one of my favorite superhero movies, and uh, she is the weak link in that movie. So Yeah, I 100% disagree with you. I find Katie Holmes delightful whenever she pops up. Interesting. Oh. Have you seen Batman Begins? I have, yeah. Oh, Isn't Aaron okay. Eckhart also in that? No, Aaron Eckhart is in the next one, uh, The Dark Knight. Oh, okay. Uh, he plays Anyways. Two-Face. Very well, though. And Yeah. yeah. Anyways, uh, this movie is a fascinating artifact. I don't know if it's a good movie, right? Mm-hmm. He, this character is magnetic, right? Uh, really, really interesting guy. He does a... Aaron Eckhart does a really good job of taking this character who you naturally hate right. because of his job and his role in life. Selling cancer, essentially, right? You know, Selling cancer and doing so in the most egregious way possible, like eyes wide open into the breach right. type of thing. Uh, and making him compelling and likable, right? The thing that I, you know, the thing that bothers me, right, is this is supposed to be a satire and we're, you know, making him likable. Yeah, you, it's a, it's a tough balance to strike because Mm -hmm. you don't want to somehow give the impression that this guy is somebody that we should be like or somebody that we should root for, Mm -hmm. but also, you want to have the movie be watchable, and so you've got this sort of magnetic personality on screen, and the instinct there for somebody who's watching it is to be like, "Yeah, I want to see this guy more. I want to, I want to see him succeed," which is problematic at the very least, right? Yeah, he's, yeah. He's an awful person doing awful things, and occasionally gets the like lightest twinges of, of, like conscience. And I'm not sure if we're supposed to, if we're supposed to be crediting him for those light twinges of con- conscience, or if we should maybe just be like, yeah, he's terrible, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. The other thing that I, there's not a whole lot of movie here, right? This is it's almost like a day in the life of, sort of, except it's like a couple months in the life of this guy, but there's not like 
this is not plot heavy by any stretch of the imagination. You no, know? no. Um, the yeah. word pastiche comes to mind, and I don't know if it's an accurate word to use, uh, but uh, it it that's what kind of popped into my head when thinking about yeah there's a bunch of little vignettes it's almost you know it does feel like it was written scene by scene at times you know yeah Uh, well um, i mean when you're basing it off of a book uh you do have kind of a guideline uh there and i'm wonder if i wonder if that was more of a fault i have not uh read the Mm. book but i wonder if that's a fault of the book rather than a fault of the movie script although you also do get the option to fix problems with the book you know, if you're writing it into a movie. So I guess everyone's at, everyone's at fault for the, for the failings, uh, such as they are. Yeah. 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 So, you know, for me as a viewer of this movie, this, it very explicitly makes the viewer complicit in the lies that he tells and the story that he's giving. And, it's uncomfortable, but not in like a funny way and not in like a, I feel convicted by this way, right? Like mm-hmm. I don't pay attention to BS artists and it's non-judgmental for sure, right? It doesn't, it doesn't seem to, uh, to offer yeah. any sort of judgment on Nick's career or, yeah or the or the rest of the merchants of death yeah you know and he does get those shots in at katie holmes's character right at the end of the movie that i i mean like that that to me stuck out as like super duper egregious because the movie tries to have it both ways right it tries to have hey here's this really compelling dude who does this awful stuff we're not saying it's okay he does this awful stuff but we're also not saying it's not okay but then at the end when he sort of reverse jujitsu's katie holmes's takedown piece like that was like am i supposed to cheer for that it's weird isn't it because i feel like a lot of people would cheer for that and i feel like the people that cheer for that are awful people right right well i think one of the things that i liked about this movie is it does kind of a it, it breaks you out of a um a habit we have of believing what we're told right because we are programmed in many ways by the types of people that are portrayed in this movie like these these people who are spinning things and 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 you know providing i don't know lobbying information right Mm -hmm. that is oftentimes only loosely based in fact and so we are, we're told about, you know, just imagine how many times uh, we've been told back and forth that eggs are good and then they're bad and then they're good and then they're bad. Like, you know, there's somebody offering information to media in order to give us that information. And mm-hmm. that is also true from smoking and guns and all the things that are, that are you know, good and bad uh, in the world. Uh, unfortunately, I think the bad things tend to get more money like i don't know the things that need to be sold mm-hmm. are the bad things right like mm-hmm. you know everybody every there's no there's no there's no lobbyist industry for you know drinking water right <laughs> uh i think there's a lobbyist industry for everything but well, i i understand your point yeah yeah so uh what i like about this movie is that it it it, it does jar you hopefully to to recognize the dichotomy of this man being the quote hero of the story, right? You mm-hmm. know, 
And so uh, I think that's interesting. I, I found it um, yeah, challenging I think, mentally, I guess. What do you think of the way the movie treats William H. Macy's character? So he's a senator that it, you know is sort of on a crusade against tobacco, right? Yeah. And sort of objectively, you want to say, well, he's a good guy, but then mm-hmm. he's you know, he's sort of portrayed as very venal and self-important and uh, smarter than everybody else. And he gets taken down a peg. And like, what do you what do you think of the way the movie treats him? Yeah, I think that it's uh, well. So there is a perspective in this movie. Right. And uh, the I mean, it's it's kind of got the perspective of the lobbyist, which is, uh, you know, for good or for bad, his perspective of the senator who is trying to do good things and, you know, think, uh, think Bernie Sanders, think, uh, um, uh, Elizabeth Warren, you know, they're probably not viewed very well in the offices of these lobbyist industries. And so in that way, I think it's probably an accurate representation. Like, like as much as, we, the public, want these crusading senators who, who seem to actually care about our well in, uh, better interests. I mean, that's not a universal viewpoint, right? And so this movie is trying to like portray that other side of it. Do you know, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I absolutely. I, and I don't think you're wrong. I, I have a problem with a movie that treats a senator who wants to get reelected equivalently to a guy who openly refers to himself as a merchant of death and brags about how many people a week his product is killing versus the other yeah, products yeah. of killing, right? And the movie the movie is just like, yeah, look at this buffoon, right? This senator who's trying to stop this objective evil. What a but jerk. You know what? Yeah, but you know what? I mean, that thing, that is so real. That's a, that's a real world thing. And I think that most people aren't really aware of the machinations that go on behind the scenes with lobbying and, and you know, our, our government. So, I don't know. In that way, I found it very interesting to see. And I personally wasn't rooting for that guy, uh, Nick, as mm-hmm. a... As a merchant of death, mm-hmm. you know, I was really more interested in just seeing the story. So that that's yeah. interesting, I guess. Okay. So let's talk about things I liked about this movie. It's obviously very well acted. Obviously, Katie Holmes is a shining star standing above the rest <laughs> of the cast. Um, it's really pretty. It's well shot. It's paced nicely. Like, what little plot there is is doled out sort of evenly. There's never a point at which it feels rushed or unnecessarily stretched out. It goes by pretty quick, you yeah. know. I yeah. think it's an hour and a half, a little more. 92 minutes, yep. Yeah, really it really like zipped by, which was good. I don't, you know, I cuz my skin started crawling a little bit, right? And I didn't want to spend too much more time with these people. Uh so I liked all of that. Uh Rob Lowe is I I think Rob Lowe's fantastic. I've never really not liked him in something. Uh, you know, you you obviously have a more complicated relationship with the guy, but I've never think... not liked Rob Lowe. It's just that sometimes he is wonderful, and sometimes mm-hmm. he's just okay. Like yeah, that's fair. That's yeah. fair. Um, yeah. So 
I mean, I, I guess that kind of is how I feel about it. It's like this is a well-made movie that I think maybe misses the mark when it comes to satirizing or or when it comes to viewpoint. I mean, it's it's billed as a black comedy. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of things in this movie that are like a little bit funny. There's not a whole lot of like guffawing. Sure. Y- you know, uh, yeah, it's 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 an it's almost an uh, like a like an intelligent comedy where you're like, "Oh, that's funny." You know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there, there. Yes, I found myself saying, "Oh, that's funny," or like a very deliberate, like, "Haha," type of reaction to a yep. lot of things, rather than like laughing. So I don't, you know, I don't know. I, I get what this is trying to do, and I get like it does stand out, right? This is an unusual movie. It's, it's not really like I don't, I don't honestly know what else I would compare it to. You, you had one comparison. The Big to, Short is the closest yeah, which thing I've, I could uh, think of. Uh, I've unfortunately never yeah. seen that, but oh, okay, um, noted. Yeah, but you know, I guess maybe Wolf of Wall Street, kind of a little bit, maybe. Right? Uh, you know, uh, I didn't. Like you know, Wolf less broad, less broad, right? But yeah, and it's interesting. Wolf of Wall Street is a is an interesting uh, corollary because uh, it also is centered on this kind of despicable character. Um, and I, for one, didn't like it. I really mm-hmm. disliked Wolf of Wall Street because I think it was actually trying to portray him as a hero. Mm-hmm. Where this movie doesn't seem to do that. I mean, it 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 it's it's told from his perspective. But yeah. the movie itself isn't saying this guy's a good guy, you know? No, it's not. I think the most it does is it kind of throws up its hands and it's like, well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, of. this, this is, guy exists. Wow. <laughs> what are you going to do? You know? Well, so let me ask you, how do you think this movie stands up? I mean, it's uh, almost 20 years old now. It's uh, it's an 18-year-old movie. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's... I think uh, no. I think the the messages of this movie are bang on, right? Like we've gotten a lot more of these types of people in a lot more situations in the years since then. Obviously, the movie deals with this, but this type of person kind of went away after the large tobacco settlement at the. I think it was the end of the '90s, maybe early 2000s. Mm -hmm. It's right around the time we were graduating from college. Uh, and that that really cut down on the existence of like this particular person for this particular industry. But this type of talking to obfuscate the truth is obviously far more common today mm-hmm. in in media, right? As opposed to in lobbying. Yeah. Well, because the and... other thing that happened in media was in the '90s, uh, there was a law that required uh, truth basically in broadcasting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it got repealed. Yeah. And so that gave rise to everything that we're experiencing now, unfortunately. Yeah, for sure. I I don't know. I I guess I would say, yeah, I mean, it rings very true. Uh, I don't love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, there are a couple of uh, interesting stories I have about this movie. One is that I was uh, in it somewhere in the in the in the talk show scene where he has the where he's on the talk show and they have mm-hmm. the cancer victim on the talk show uh, i was in the audience on that i nice. don't think you can see me um but uh and, and so that was an interesting experience seeing like just that part of the movie 
Mm-hmm. And then it, it was one of my early experiences doing background work, I think. And um, But the other thing that I, I love about this movie, there's the scene with Rob Lowe where he's talking with him about um, putting cigarettes in this movie. And, mm-hmm. uh, and they're like... Um, and I think Nick says something like... Uh, is it uh, would it be problematic to have cigarettes in an all oxygen environment? And uh, <laughs> Rob Lowe goes, uh, "Oh no, we just uh, we just insert a line of dialogue. Thank God we invented the whatever device." Mm-hmm. And I have used that line. Yeah, that's a great piece of of writing advice, right? Mm-hmm. You all you do is you have to address the problem that the audience has with a yeah. thing and acknowledge that it's a problem, and then say, "Oh, but we fixed it." You yeah. don't have to you don't have to figure it out really. You just say, "Ah, oh, yeah, but we fixed that problem, you know? We yeah. fixed." So, um I use thank God we invented the whatever device uh all the time. And yeah. for that reason alone, this movie is going to stand um in my pantheon of uh, <laughs> of movies. For sure, for sure. You want to give it a rating? Uh, anything else you want to add? I do want to give it a rating. I think you're going to be a little disappointed, but I just have a really hard time giving something like this a good rating, knowing how icky it made me feel. <laughs> but so, what if what if icky was the point? That that may very well be the point, but this is my personal rating scale. Sure. Like this is not hey, obje- this is I not objective truth about the goodness of the movie. Okay. Uh, but this is a five for me it's okay it's kind of right down the middle it there are bits of it i enjoyed but ultimately i left feeling kind of icky and i don't want to feel icky so that's fair how about you travis what'd you think oh man uh i think you know i agree with a lot of the things you said and i will say that i do also agree that this movie is um not designed to make you feel good it's probably designed to make you a little angry um and I think it succeeds while also being funny and entertainment, which is a which is a kind of a hard line to travel. So I respect it quite a bit more because of I think for the same reasons that you disliked it. So uh, I'm going to give it uh, I'm going to give it an eight. I think yeah, uh, it's definitely worth watching. I I had a fun time watching it again. It had been oh at least ten years since I'd watched it the last time. And uh, I was happy to do it again and probably will watch it again in the future. All right. Cool. Yeah. Uh, well, Matt, tell me about the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs. The Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs. So we're on a little bit of a tour of the early 2000s indie alternative scene. And the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs came up out of New York, very similarly to a couple of bands we've covered already. They're just a three-piece, though. They just have a singer and a guitarist and a drummer and they produce all kinds of really great stuff i really like just kind of the mix of like dance elements the the guitarist because there's no bassist he plays a lot of like really angular rhythmic uh you know sort of figures to sort of keep the keep the beat moving that he interacts really well with the drummer and I really, really just enjoy the lead singer's voice, and I like this music. It's like it's it's kind of right in my wheelhouse. I'm sure you you probably got that sensation while you were listening to this that like, oh, this seems like the kind of thing that Matt would like. Absolutely, this is it's just kind of my kind of thing, like upbeat, guitar based, 
Uh, I like female singers, so that's that's nice. Um, yeah. What what did you think, Travis? Well, I will tell you, Matt. Uh, I this uh, so I had been familiar with the Yeah Yeah Yeahs um, before this, but only by name, right? Oh, and, okay. Uh, and I and I and I and I I I listening to the playlist you put together i was not at all familiar with any of the songs and so okay. that was an interesting uh that was an inter- i think hmm, i think i must have maybe heard uh you know them on saturday night live be interesting and i i'm the type that always i mean knowing me you this might not be a surprise i always skip the musical guest on saturday night live oh. I, I never listen to them so it's possible wow. i heard christopher walken say uh, uh ladies and ladies and gentlemen the yeah yeah yes and uh <laughs> and then skip past it and uh and <laughs> never but i think though because i had heard of them that this band was um possibly a victim of expectations so this was a pretty short playlist, and uh, and that that was nice. And there is a ton of good stuff about it. And but I will say the first song on it is Maps, and uh, and I was. It's funny because it starts off with this really interesting, like super fast guitar, like just one string being plucked very quickly. And I'm like, it went on long enough for me to be like, this is going on to oh, it's going, you know, and you know, mm-hmm. where where it just started playing something else right at the moment I was like this is too long um and it was an okay song and I kind of was like why did did why did Matt put this first he knows how I feel about first songs uh is this the best song that they have and uh and to be honest I was a little disappointed I was like oh man if this is the best song and this playlist is all downhill from here then um then I'm in for a, I'm in for a ride uh, but it wasn't the best song by a by a long shot, in my opinion. I did enjoy that guitar work, by the way. I thought that I, even as a non-musical, non-guitar playing person, I was like, I can see how that's an impressive bit of guitar. Even just that that one note being played very fast is probably very difficult to do. Um, but I enjoyed other songs more. Uh, the most popular song on YouTube is the song Heads Will Roll. And I I liked that quite a bit more. Uh, I thought the uh, I thought you know it. This checks so many of my boxes that we've talked about, and I say that I, I use that phrase, and I don't know if uh, if if it's getting annoying or not. But <laughs> things like the uh, the vocals being clean, the 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 construction of the song is really deliberate and interesting, which I find uh, I find enjoyable. So the writing, the music writing of, from this band is is pretty good. Um, I, I want to go back to the expectations, though, because a band called the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs, that's that's if you if you don't know, that's three yes. Mm-hmm. And that to me kind of puts an expectation of uh, of a lot of yeah. In in a, mm-hmm. in a in a in a piece of music, but I found that mostly this music was more like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, and uh, so pleasant, pleasant enough, and uh, and and I was able to really appreciate the artistry of the music. Uh, I liked the singer; she was um, 
she was very good, very competent, not great in my mind, mm-hmm. right? Um, like I feel like she, we've I've talked about like being able to see someone in in karaoke do a song, and I feel like a lot of people could probably do justice to these songs uh, in a karaoke bar, right? Um, the there was one song, and I think it was uh, oh boy, I'm not sure. I think it was Soft Shock or Y Control, where mm-hmm. uh, the end of the song got painful in my ears, and so <laughs> I I had this like it, it did a lot of like. Um, really harsh sounds and mm-hmm. i had to skip it i had to skip to the end of the song and it mm-hmm. was uh i don't remember what that was but that only happened the one time and so uh so i wasn't too upset about it and the rest of the songs were great the only other the only other thing that was interesting was uh, the last song uh sacrilege it took me forever because i listen to these in my pocket i'm not looking at them i'm not looking at the names of the songs and yeah. it took me forever to figure out what the word she was saying over and over and over was uh-huh. uh, and i was like uh, i was like what is sacrilege what is this <laughs> sacrilege uh, and there's a, and then and then it's i a finally new artificial got it. sweetener yeah 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 exactly <laughs> so uh that was interesting um so i guess i guess i liked it uh, some of the some of the bits were a little repetitive, not as mm-hmm. bad as other pl- bands that we've talked about by mm-hmm. a long shot. Um, I expected more than I got, as far mm-hmm. as as far as kind of excitement. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, that's that's what I thought. How about you? What, well, let me, tell me. Yeah, I want to talk about Maps for a minute. So Maps is so you say Heads Will Roll is their biggest hit. Uh, if you look at like the YouTube numbers, Heads Will Roll has like 86 million views, and and Maps has like 83 million views. So they're very close the to one another. The difference is negligible. Okay. The difference is negligible, and Maps was a much earlier song, and Maps is Maps was like a huge, huge indie hit. Like the it is the song that most people who caught on to yeah yeah yeah's early in their career that that's the song they know and it's a very emotional song it's you know mm. uh, wait they don't love you like i love you wait they don't love you like i love you and it's very like yearning and and it calls out to you to mm. sort of like you know get wrapped up in like the romance and the emotion of it all and what always amazes me is like that is their song, right? Like that's the song that they they end their show on, right? It's the Enter Sandman of Yeah Yeah Yes, oh. and and because the whole crowd sings along with the chorus, right? And that song, like I, I say things like nobody knows what the best song is, right? Mm-hmm. When you when you say oh you should put the best song first, and I say nobody knows what the best song is. Yeah, that song, which was a massive hit and has almost a hundred million views on YouTube, was the third single released off of that album. Meaning oh. there were two other songs on that album that the record label was like, this is the one, this is gonna break through, this is gonna be. Yeah, we should. This represents yeah, yeah, yes, and we should do it right. And and then finally they released Maps, and and it ran away and was a huge huh. hit. It's been it's been used in a bunch of TV shows. It's been used in a, uh, some movies. Like it's a big big song, right? Well, people do like songs and, that are repetitive, and uh, yeah. this is this is that. <laughs> <laughs> and. So it's interesting, like, I put it first because you say you want their best song first. And, like, to me, like, I like 
Gold Lion. I like um, Soft Shock. I like Heads Will Roll. But like to me, Maps is the iconic Yeah 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 song. Interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I I I liked. I did like Heads Will Roll more, and I think that the, for me, that is a um, it's a better song. Um, but yeah. Uh, that's good. that's interesting. I really like. I I find that so fascinating to 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 be like when an, when a when a band puts an album out, they have they put out singles, and I, I kind of haven't thought about this before, but to kind of like catch the mm-hmm. the interest of the band like in one right. song. Yeah, and so so to try to and like there are some bands that we've listened to who are the variety of the songs are 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 wonderful and so mm-hmm. one song doesn't represent all the songs it can't right um, yeah. and so I feel I, I find I find that practice interesting so yeah it it is it is sort of fascinating I mean there's a few you know there's a few bands that I remember this being true for are you familiar with the band Modest Mouse. I feel like I've heard the name, but yeah, they they were pretty big. Came up from the indie scene. They're they have one of my favorite albums, and you might get to listen to it at some point. But nice, they released uh, four or five albums in the late '90s that I was super in love with, and I saw them in tiny clubs. And then they released this song "Float On," which you probably have heard before, even if you don't know, uh, you don't know it for sure. You've probably heard this song before, and it was a massive, massive hit. Played all over pop radio, all over rock radio. Huge thing. It's not a very typical Modest Mouse song. Like, it doesn't sound like most of what they do. Now, they have a pretty wide variety of, of stuff, but it is one of those things where it's like, if Float On is what hooks you, you're not gonna get more of that by buying their albums. That's yeah, not, that reminds me of uh, like thing. I love uh, Every Rose Has Its Thorn from Poison, but I am <laughs> not gonna be a Poison fan because yeah, of that song. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, that's not that's not gonna be the thing. And there's there's a bunch of bands throughout history that have like a massive hit that's not that's not in their wheelhouse. And you know, I, as a musician myself, there's conflicting feelings about that it's like well this doesn't really represent me or all of me you know and now i've got to sing it every concert for the rest of my life right (laughs) yeah yeah but also like don't you feel like sort of a gift of like hey we did the thing and now we never have to work again you know (laughs) like well that's you know that's the uh the, the dichotomy of being an actor too right so they people talk about being typecast as an actor and you know, for example, the Star Trek people were like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm only going to ca- get cast in Star-, Star Trek for the rest of my life. But also, you're going to get cast for the rest of your life in things. <laughs> and so you'll never want for, you know, for comfort, you know. And I don't know, to my mind, if I ever had that opportunity, I'd be yeah. like, yeah, but that affords me the ability to create whatever mm-hmm. I want. Like, mm-hmm. I can still create. And yeah. um Sort of you know, like Daniel so... Ra- Daniel Radcliffe is the one that springs to mind. Is he just chooses? It sometimes feels like he's throwing darts at a dartboard sure, for projects. That's that he a chooses. great example of someone breaking the mold because he mm. was like, you know what? I'm just going to do whatever I want. Uh, I mean, who was a bigger star and associated more with one role than Daniel Radcliffe? Like, right. Be, be he grew pressed. up in it. He grew yeah. up in the role. 
Yeah. And so, like, he did it. He's done a great job of breaking out of Harry Potter and uh, doing other things. So, yeah, that's what I'm saying. And so, you know, if you're lucky enough to be typecast or have a yeah. hit song that defines mm-hmm. you, um, yeah. just enjoy the ride, man. Well, thanks. I will keep working on that hit song thing for sure. <laughs> All, right. Uh, All right. Well, that's great. Uh, did we, did we, we didn't rate. We guys. have not rated this yet. Well, what, let's do that. What, Travis, since you're the one who this is Oof. being exposed to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. I said that right. Yeah, uh, yeah. What rate, you get to rate it first. Hmm. Boy, this is a really tricky one because, um, because I, I really respect the, the artistry of this band and the, and the, and the obvious talent, but it just didn't really scratch an itch for me. So my instinct would be to, be to give them a, like a six, but I, I feel like they're worth more than that. Like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to give them a seven and really? trust, and trust that I will grow to appreciate them uh, more. All right. All right. Well, that's an interesting rating, Travis. You know why? Hmm. Because that's my rating as well. <gasps> wow. I really like the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs. They're very solid. They're a good, they're a good member of the team, but uh, they're not one of my favorite, favorite bands. I just really like them. So they're a seven for me. That's, that's my definition of a seven. That's awesome. Awesome. Great. I'm excited about it. Uh, all right. Well, let's move on to assignments. Uh, do you know what you've got for me for next week? Do I know what I have for you for next week? Absolutely I do, Travis. All right. All right. Have you ever heard of the band Quasi? Quasi or Quasi? Yes. Because either way, the answer is no. <laughs> nobody nobody really knows exactly how it's supposed to be pronounced. Quasi, quasi, qua, quasi. No, but, but it's quasi uh, okay. is how I always pronounce it. So that's what we got. So quasi was a band uh, from, uh, from this sort of earlier scene like out uh, Portland way. Uh, it's there's actually only two members of the band, Sam Coombs and Janet Weiss. Sam Coombs and Janet Weiss used to be married, but mm. then they got divorced, and then they formed a band together. Uh, Sam Coombs plays an instrument called the Roxichord, which is like a keyboard instrument that supposedly sounds like an electric guitar, but really has its own thing going on. It almost sounds a little bit... Like an amplified harpsichord. Oh, um, and it's, it's a, not a, it, like a keytar. It's not the same thing as it's that. It's not a keytar. It's like a it's like a stand up electric piano thing. Oh, and then Janet Weiss is a drummer. She's more famously the drummer for Sleater Kinney, who I have not introduced you to yet. <laughs> but they were a very very popular uh, female punk band in the late nineties. The most famous member of which was Carrie Brownstein, who you probably know from Portlandia. She was the female member of her and Fred Armisen started the show oh, Portlandia. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. yeah, that's Carrie Brownstein. So she was in Sleater Kinney. Janet Weiss was in Sleater Kinney. But whenever she wasn't touring or recording with Sleater Kinney, she was touring and recording with her ex-husband in Quasi. Oh. Quasi has released... 10 albums. Wow. I gave you, I gave, I saw them live earlier this year and I gave you a playlist uh, from, I think five of their albums. Most of them are the ones from the nineties, but I did give you three tracks off of their most recent album, which was released this year. And uh, I really like them. I think they're, they're good. 
I, sometimes they have a little bit of noise freakouts. I tried to I tried to avoid those songs, but I didn't listen through everything, and and it doesn't bother me. So those songs don't stand out. So sometimes yep. I forget that there's a little noise freakout in there. Yep. But I think I think you might like this. I I I'm hopeful. This is definitely one where paying attention to the lyrics helps too. Uh, he's a very clever lyricist. Wow. Okay. That's exciting. All right. Uh, well, for me, I want to... Um, uh, there's a movie I've been holding on to for a while, and it's a it's a weird movie. Uh, have you ever seen Cabin in the Woods? No. Okay. Because you... So I'm assigning this to you because you last week admonished me for not giving you enough comedies. But yes. we have also established that you appreciate horror movies. Mm-hmm. And this movie is kind of a comedy horror movie okay. it's a it's a it's a it's a science fiction comedy horror like mix. i love a good comedy horror film i'm yeah, a big fan of evil dead two and three. So. Oh, great i have a couple of these in my back pocket um and this one i'm going to give to you because it's probably the most famous it was written by joss whedon of buffy the vampire Sly- uh, slayer and the avengers fame um and it is it it's an interesting movie. It's basically you know a group of a group of teens. Wait, do you want to give this away? Do you, am I gonna am I gonna? No, no, no. I'm just gonna set it up okay. for you. Uh, okay. A, a group of older teens go to a go to a cabin in the woods. Uh, it's very mm. much uh, the Evil Dead to you know scenario. Okay. And um, but what happens then is where it gets interesting. And okay. uh, so this the the the. The stars of this movie are fairly interesting, too, because it stars Chris Hemsworth just before he became Thor. Mm. And uh, it has Fran Kranz, who uh, was in... um, uh, For me, he was in Dollhouse around the same time, which I thought was a really good uh, Joss Whedon show. And also, uh, it's got Bradley Whitford, and you just... I don't know. Bradley Whitford could do no wrong. We we loved him in Get Out, and uh, uh, and I love him in West Wing and everything else that he does. So um, he is a delightful element of this movie. It's also got a bunch of other familiar faces that you'll uh, you may you may like, and um, and especially one uh, good surprise too uh, that that made me squeal. So uh, uh, I'm interested to hear what you think of it, and I have I have a couple of strong thoughts about this movie that I'll share next week. Awesome. Well, that I'm really looking forward to it. That is, uh, yeah, this is going to be a busy day for me because I still have to edit and uh, post last week's episode. Then I'm going to edit and schedule this week's episode, and then I'm going to put together a shopping list for my Thanksgiving feast. So all today, there's lots to all today. So uh, hopefully, I don't get any emails today, <laughs> but hopefully, I get emails in the future. And the way that you, listener, can email us is by using our email address, exposingourselvespodcast at gmail.com. Or if you really want to, you could comment on our Facebook page at Exposing Ourselves. Yeah, please do that. Let us know what you think of these movies, if you disagree or agree with our ratings. And uh, and also, I all the time am getting people, whenever I tell somebody about the podcast, they're like, oh, you should do this. And I'm like email us because that's usually it's usually music and i'm like that's my co-host's decision and um so that's uh yeah well i've really enjoyed the one uh suggestion that we got so far even if you did end up rating it a two yeah sorry about that guys uh but yeah especially if you're a regular listener and you think you've got my interest pegged and you think that uh, there's a band that i would really love that matt has not yet exposed me to uh let us know please 
Uh, yeah. And hey, Matt. Yeah? Thank you for exposing yourself to me. Well, Travis, thank you for exposing yourself to me. Oh, my pleasure. Good night. It's literally right outside my window. <laughs>